Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021. On this day in 1933, Giuseppe Zangara attempted to assassinate President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt. Zangara missed his intended target, but mortally wounded Anton Chermak, the mayor of Chicago. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from ParCast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes dramatizations and discussions of murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the attempted assassination of President Franklin D. Roosevelt by Giuseppe Zangara. The 32-year-old bricklayer believed the White House failed to help those crushed by the Great Depression. Now let's go back to that warm night in Miami, Florida on February 15, 1933. Mrs. W.F. Cross couldn't see a thing. The doctor's wife had come to Bayfront Park, a coastal green space at the eastern edge of Miami, to see President-elect Roosevelt speak. But she was not a tall woman, and the mass of onlookers blocked her view. She noticed a short man behind her had climbed on top of one of the benches. It seemed like a good idea, so she scrambled up next to him. From here, she could see Franklin D. Roosevelt sitting in the back of a convertible and addressing the crowd. Local officials surrounded the car, showing their support for the new president. She was just in time to see him finish his speech to uproarious applause. Then, out of the corner of her eye, Mrs. Cross noticed something floating above her right shoulder. The man standing on the bench behind her had his arm outstretched, pointing towards the president. It was only when she turned that she noticed the revolver. The man yelled, too many people are starving. Then he opened fire. Without thinking, Mrs. Cross threw her hand up with all her strength, pushing against the shooter's arm. She only hoped she could knock him off target before he hit the president. The gunman managed to fire six shots before a crowd of onlookers tackled him to the ground. They wrestled the gun from him and beat him savagely. Mrs. Cross looked back towards the convertible. People were lying on the ground. Blood stained the grass. She scanned desperately for the president. Was he hit? At last, a clear voice rang out above the chaos. It was Mr. Roosevelt, alive and angry. He demanded that the men stop beating the assailant and ordered them to turn him over to the police. He motioned to his secret servicemen, telling them to bring the wounded to a nearby car. 
As they got to work, Roosevelt scanned the grounds. He recognized one of the men lying in the grass doubled over. It was Anton Chermak, the mayor of Chicago. Only moments before, Roosevelt had shaken Chermak's hand. He had his Secret Service lift the wounded politician into his car. Back in the crowd, Mrs. Cross watched the caravan rush from the park en route to the hospital. Just before the second car left, three police officers jumped onto the back of it and slung a bundle of bloody rags across the trunk. As they sped away, she realized she wasn't looking at a pile of rags at all. It was the gunman, so bloody he was almost unrecognizable. The whole incident was over in a matter of minutes. It wasn't until the next day when Mrs. Cross opened her newspaper that she learned what exactly had happened. The man who'd stood next to her was a 32-year-old Italian immigrant named Giuseppe Zangara. He was a bricklayer who lost his job during the Great Depression. He believed the government hadn't done anything to help millions of Americans who were caught in the same situation. Zangara had missed his intended target, Franklin D. Roosevelt, but Chermak, who he shot in the stomach, was not so lucky. Doctors feared the mayor of Chicago would soon die of his wounds. Coming up, Zangara almost prolongs the Great Depression. Listeners, I am thrilled to tell you that this month marks a huge milestone for ParCast. It's the four-year anniversary of another fantastic podcast I host called Serial Killers. If you haven't had a chance to dive into the stories and psychology behind the most nightmarish murderers of all time, there's no better time than right now to start listening. Each week, we enter the minds, the methods, and the madness of the world's most sadistic serial killers. From the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and the co-ed killer Edmund Kemper, to Eileen Wardos, Ed Gein, and coming soon, the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez. And this February, look out for our four-part special on couples who kill, following the worst love has to offer. Their names may sound ordinary, but their atrocities are anything but. Trust me, you do not want to miss it. With hundreds of episodes available to binge and new ones released weekly, get to know the killers, crimes, and cases that forever changed the face of history. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Serial Killers. New episodes air every Monday and Thursday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now back to the story. On February 15, 1933, Giuseppe Zangara attempted to assassinate President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt at a rally in Miami. Though he missed his target, he mortally wounded Anton Chermak, the mayor of Chicago. 
It wasn't a mystery why Zangara tried to kill the president. He readily admitted that he hated capitalism and saw rich people as oppressors of the working class. 1932 and 1933 were the worst years of the Great Depression. 15 million Americans had lost their jobs and many their homes. Breadlines became familiar sites across the country. The American working class was suffering, and after years of inaction, it felt like the federal government had abandoned them to their fate. To Zangara, the president was the person who had let the country fall into this mess. He famously told police, I like Roosevelt personally, but I don't like presidents. In fact, Zangara initially planned to assassinate the sitting president, Herbert Hoover. But when he discovered that Roosevelt would be in Miami, he decided this president was just as good a target as the old one. But what Zangara didn't realize was that if his plan succeeded, it would have been disastrous for the country. In 1932, Roosevelt ran against the incumbent, President Herbert Hoover. Workers criticized Hoover for passing legislation that propped up banks and industries, rather than providing direct relief to those hardest hit by the Depression. Newly homeless Americans erected shantytowns they called Hoovervilles in his honor. In contrast, Roosevelt quickly enacted several ambitious, direct government actions during his first 100 days as president. He created the Works Progress Administration, a federal jobs program that employed Americans in building essential infrastructure projects. He championed legislation that would transfer wealth to the poorest citizens. Throughout his tenure, he introduced essential safety nets like unemployment insurance, social security, and disability payments. Under Roosevelt, millions of Americans were working again. The economy stabilized and then improved. But had Zangara's aim been true, this might not have happened. The government could have continued passing legislation that was too little, too late. Zangara's botched assassination may have actually helped Roosevelt. The day after the shooting, the details were splashed across the nation's newspapers. Roosevelt looked like a hero, commanding the crowd to respect the rule of law and whisking the wounded to safety in his own cars. The American public needed a strong, progressive, compassionate president to get them out of the Depression. And after the shooting, it appeared they'd found one. This faith enabled Roosevelt to enact his aggressive policies and send the country on the right path. But Zangara didn't live to see that happen. He pleaded guilty to attempted murder, blaming his chronic stomach pain for driving him to violence. After Mayor Chermak died of his wounds on March 6th, the charges changed to murder. The presiding judge changed his 80-year sentence to death, and on March 20th, 1933, Giuseppe Zangara was executed by electric chair. Today, Americans remember FDR as one of our greatest leaders, but an assassin's bullet almost cut his career devastatingly short. Thankfully, Roosevelt lived to see a new day to give the American people a new deal.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more like this, be sure to check out our show, Very Presidential, with Ashley Flowers. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Molly Quinlan, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Listeners, don't forget to check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Every Monday and Thursday, take a deep dive into the minds and madness of history's most notorious murderers. You can binge hundreds of episodes, four years worth, and catch new episodes weekly. Listen to Serial Killers free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.